You are currently listening to The Doggone Truth About Rescues. And tonight, um, I think we're, we're going to have a little fun because we all work together and we're coming from the Little Gray Barn in Kansas City, Missouri. And I would like our guest to introduce himself and let us know what your title at the Little Gray Barn is. Hello, everyone. My name is Jeffrey Bostwick, and I'm the manager at the Little Gray Barn. He, he actually is a manager. That's not a joke. <laughs> yeah, I meant to do the hand clap one. I also want to introduce our host, Sheila Sikau. Hi, Sheila. Thank you, Sai. I'm <laughs> going to give her a shout out for her first episode in two seasons doing the introduction. And all she screwed up was the name of the podcast. So <laughs> other than that, <laughs> pretty good job. Jeff, thank you for coming out tonight. You are the second male on our podcast. Yeah. I right? think Craig was our first. Craig one. was our first yeah. and only one so far, and our first coworker of the little gray barn. So, um, I know you just wrapped up your shift working there. So, thank you for coming out and joining us and to educate our listeners on what we do day in and day out. More so, you, Sai, and I are just there part time, but this is your full time job. So, if you could just go. Who? No, I'm gonna go here. Who was Jeff before Jeff was the manager of Little Gray Barn, and how did you find out about it and position like get into the role that you're in now? Um. Wow. What a loaded question. Um. I don't know if I should go deep into this or if I should just stick to kind of what I did before this I is, started here. This is raw, uncut. Raw, uncut. Yeah. Just for, I, we should have a warning of when we bring guests in. Just so you know, usually someone cries. There's lots of laughing tissues and we wrap it up and get really joyful and hopeful and just really experience all the emotions yeah lots of emotions so do you i I hope there's i don't think there's gonna be crying this episode no i think there's gonna be more laughter okay all right okay yeah so you know heads up i can't guarantee that i will cry but i am an emotional person from time to time so if it does come out i'm sorry i guess i don't know But, um, all right, so before I started with Always and Forever, I was working for a wildlife removal company called Critter Ritter. Um, What? Do you know anything about Critter Ritter? I'm assuming it it is in happy endings. It did not always have the happiest of endings. We tried our best to give the happiest endings, but it always didn't work out that way. So it is quite the difference between the jobs I switched from. I'm cutting you off immediately already because I did not know this and we've worked together for over a year, but now it makes so much more sense about the raccoon that was stuck in our dumpster that Jeff just single-handedly decided to handle by himself. It It makes sense now because I always wonder why Jeff wanted to save the raccoons. Yes, he saved the raccoon out of there. And I'm just going to cut you off completely and tell your story and you can chime in if you want. And then Jeff saved this raccoon out of the dumpster, put it in a cage in his vehicle. The raccoon escaped the cage in his vehicle, and then he sends a message to our group saying that it jumped out of the window of his car at a stop sign. (laughs) So all I'm thinking is that the car behind you saw a raccoon jump out of your vehicle, and now I know you used to work for Critter Ritter, and it's just full circle moment. Yeah, absolutely. So so, uh, to kind of give a little bit more specifics into that story because I love telling this story because it's so funny and crazy. Um, So we had two raccoons in our dumpster and I wanted to try and get both of them out 
to try and relocate them far away from us because one of the raccoons I've been visiting often, so I wanted to get it out and get it away from here. Unfortunately, I didn't get that one, but I got the other one. Caught it, put it in one of our uh, extra cages that we had lying around, and wrangled it up and put it, wrangled it up with a slip lead and a little, like a grab pole that um, people use to like reach high on shelves or something like that. So I used those and got it into a cage and then tried to get the other one, but it got out, so, and we haven't seen it since, so it must have went somewhere else. I got it in my car and was driving it to our homestead because that's plenty far away and it's a wide open area for it to live its life and not possibly get hit by a car or get in our trash anymore or possibly get you know in some serious trouble with one of our dogs or something like that so I was driving it there and about halfway there I was like you know the cage that I used may not be the best cage for this but you know what it hasn't gotten out yet I'm sure it's fine so right when I get off or on the exit to exit off the highway to on to get onto the road leading to our homestead to the little red barn I just I look in my rearview mirror and I just see its head pop up from my back seats and <laughs> I just turn around and just start screaming at it and say, and trying to tell it no don't don't go get back in there or something like that was it dumber and dumber with the deer in the back seat what pretty movie am much, I thinking yeah. of? Same scene? Okay. Pretty much, yeah. So, it was actually exactly like that. I kid you not. It just slowly arose from the back of, from my back, the back of my car. And then it just crawled its way up to the front of my car and was just chilling on my dash. Yeah, because when you posted that picture and you shared it with us, I thought the raccoon was dead, but it was sunbathing yeah. on your dashboard. Yeah, it was just, it was just chilling there. It didn't... It was probably more scared than I was but uh, he certainly didn't show it he was just kind of sniffing around and eventually he um, started trying to eat my stereo on my dashboard so I rolled down the window and was just trying to shoo it out and eventually it just jumped out of the window and the first thing I thought when I got out was I'm sure the people behind me are like what in the world is going on because when I got off the highway I was just swerving my car back and forth because I was freaking out. So it was probably like, this guy is on something or something like that. So I just pulled over, rolled down the window, and it jumped out. And they're like, oh, well, that makes sense then. So, yeah, that was definitely a little something <laughs> to tell everybody. It was a great story. I, I know we got very off topic, but as soon as you said Critter Ritter, I was like, oh, we have to share that story. So you were at Critter Ritter, and so how did you get to Little Great Barn? Yeah, so I started off at Critter Ritter, and when I started at Critter Ritter, I was wanting a job where I could work primarily based around animals, so that's why I kind of got that job. And not necessarily, you know, ridding of animals, but just working around animals just really, I don't know, interested me and excited me. And that job definitely had some exciting moments, but it wasn't the job that I thought it was going to be. So I left that job and then was looking for more opportunities and I've always wanted all my life I've always wanted to work in a shelter and I've applied to so many and I've never really gotten the full opportunity to work for a shelter uh, and so I stumbled upon Always and Forever on Indeed and I applied and the rest is history. I think we all started around the same time so here you are from getting rid of critters to saving dogs. That says something. Absolutely. 
minus ridding the raccoon. So we've all been there for about a year now? Yeah. I, I started after you guys. I started in July. Yeah. I think me, Jeff, and Kaylee, who's another staff at Little Gray Barn, started around the same time. Okay. So I Jeff. think I started in May of 2022. I still have the calendar of my first shift, so I can always go back and look at it. Happy anniversary to us. There it is. So, Jeff, within the last year of you being with Always and Forever, first off, thank you for doing what you do. Tell us, I could go lots of different ways here. Whichever answer, I'm going to give you a few questions, whatever you want to answer. What have you learned that you thought you knew about shelters, but you've seen a whole different light on with Always and Forever, what you thought you'd be doing in a shelter if you, and now that you're doing it? And then what have you learned about yourself? within this process <laughs> oh man what a, just keep on coming with the deep questions here sheila Sheesh. hey you've been wanting to do a podcast for the longest so here's your chance touche touche I, I don't know if you know this but we talk on podcasts <laughs> <laughs> all right you got me there oh gosh now i kind of forgot your question what have you learned about shelters that you didn't that you thought you knew but changed your mind or on how you view it and then what have you learned about yourself since working in a shelter well i've always thought that if if you ever get to work at a shelter or if i ever got to work at a shelter that it would just be a day full of playing with dogs and loving on them and just you know goofing around and having a great time with dogs and playing with them all day but that is not what it's like at all now granted we still get to you know play with the dogs and love them and do all that fun stuff but most of the time it's just mostly just walking the dogs taking them out um, and we have right now we have 16 dogs at our shelter at the little gray barn and we try and get each and every one of them out every two to three hours so um, it's just a lot of constant walking and it is hard work it's real tough um, I wouldn't take it back at all I love it so much it's great and what I've learned about myself is that. Okay. You want to come back to that question? Yeah. Have you ever been asked that question before? Not really, no. So, out of all of the hours you spend walking dogs every day, you don't self reflect? Oh, I self reflect about a lot of things, but not necessarily <laughs> about work related stuff. <laughs> I have something to say, and I think I shared this with Jeff recently is that. It's been a year since we worked together and I've seen the tremendous growth in you as a person, as a manager, and I think you've grown a lot since I first met you. I think you've learned a lot about yourself and how to approach staff, how to approach situations when it comes to the dogs. So, grown a lot and I don't know if you recognize that, but I am really proud of you. I know we'll get to it, but I feel like it's very important to give our listeners a little background of the dogs at Little Gray Barn. There's only a couple of dogs there. We're allowed to walk together. Meanwhile, other dogs have to go on walks on their own or play in a play yard on their own. 
and they don't interact with other dogs. Jeff, can you give a little background to our listeners of why that is? And Yeah, absolutely. So most of the dogs that are at the Little Gray Barn and KCMO um, are either dog aggressive or maybe dog reactive. Um, and we do have some dogs that are just great with other dogs as well, but um, we muzzle most of our dogs and we take them all out on walks individually and sometimes we do get the lucky ones who can walk with other dogs or potentially go out in the play yards with other dogs uh, but mostly it's just we take one dog by itself out on walks and then we take him on about a 25 to 30 minute walk on just a regular day but if it's super hot out then we may shorten those walks to about 15 to 20 minutes and if it's super cold out same thing maybe about 15 to 20 minutes we are just walking them a bunch and loving on them and giving them the exercise that they need because we don't want them cooped up in a kennel all day and just sitting there without any exercise at all. I think it's really important to hone in on just because they're dog reactive or don't like other dogs it does not make them a bad dog because I would say and I'm sure you agree that some of these are the most lovable dogs you've ever interacted with am I right? Yeah absolutely um I would say just about every dog that we have at Little Gray Barn is people-friendly to every extent possible. Um, maybe just a few here and there that just need a little bit of extra love, but I'd say the right amount of patience and love and time that you give them, they'll always come around. Uh, we have one dog named Edison that he's been there the longest out of all the dogs that we've had at the Little Gray Barn. and. When I first started there, I never thought I would even ever get to go around him because he's just that reactive to new people, especially new men. Um, and now we're like best friends. He loves to just be silly around me and I can take him on walks easily and I can go into his room just fine. And just, he's a great dog. And I think he's one of the most misunderstood dogs that we have. One, I think we just skipped to what we usually end the episode with was our dog of the episode, and I think Edison should be our cover dog this episode. I agree. How about you? Absolutely. I think that would be great. That would be a great idea. And I'm going to say about Edison, I think he is the picture-perfect example of what sets always and forever apart from other organizations or the kill shelters and whatnot. Of Edison has been given the time to open up and us to find out who he truly is as a dog. And once you get to know him, he's lovable, goofy personality, loves to play with his toys, and is just who he is as a dog. But in any other situation that he may have been put in, he does have a guard up at first. And if you don't take that time to get to know the dogs, they're unfortunately usually euthanized because they just are seen as the angry, upset dogs, but really they're just dealing with past trauma and not giving them the chance to open up. So absolutely, Edison, cover dog, still available for adoption and foster. And once you get to know him, you, I feel like people are that way too. You get to see his true colors and who he really is, and it's amazing. So the advice I think I would give to our listeners is if you come across a dog that you think is selective, reactive, has a guard up, always reach out for professional help before surrendering or giving them up. Um, we have someone immaculate on our staff, Michaela, who I know has spent time with Edison to help us, like teach us how to deal exactly. with dogs that might have a guard up dealing with past trauma and how to do that appropriately with keeping everybody self safe. And then also working with the dogs. And she does come up with Little Gray Barn quite often help with us especially with the muzzle training 
So I know you talked on that a little bit. So if we want to talk about Michaela, muscle training. Um, yeah, I would, I'll start off by saying, by diving into muzzles and stuff, because muzzles puts, there's a lot of bad talk about muzzles out there, and by no means whatsoever does a dog wearing a muzzle mean that that dog is a bad dog whatsoever. Uh, we use muzzles for all kinds of different reasons, not just to, you know, prevent a dog from getting in a fight or anything like that. That's like a good reason, but we also use it on vet visits. Um, say if a dog needs like their nails trimmed or something, or if they're just going to the vet and they're really scared of the vet, that muzzle will prevent them from biting the veterinarian or, you know, anything like that. And then also while we are out on walks, there tends to be a lot of trash on the roads and we don't want the dogs getting into that trash. So the muzzle prevents them from getting into something they're not supposed to. For context, the Little Gray Barn is situated in Kansas City, Missouri, um, in a residential area. And the amount of times that I'm so thankful of walking these dogs that they are wearing a muzzle, that they are not able to pick up the roadkill on the side of the road <laughs> as we are walking across. Uh, I don't think people think about those things. Of it's not, it's not just for biting. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. There's so many more reasons and I think the primary reason we muzzle our dogs is so that they don't get into the roadkill or the trash because there is a lot of trash out in that area that we walk the dogs in which is very unfortunate and I wish there was more we could do about it but unfortunately it just tends out to be that way um, so I think just the main point we want to get across here is that just because we muzzle our dogs does not mean they're bad dogs or that they're aggressive super aggressive dogs they, t they might be a little bit animal aggressive or dog aggressive or reactive I should say not necessarily aggressive but we muzzle our dogs to protect them from other animals and other elements out on walks and stuff like that I guess that's the word I'm kind of looking for but these are all great dogs and they are all amazing loving little creatures and it kind of, I'm not going to lie, it kind of hurts my feelings a little bit when people are like, why are you muzzling that dog? thats I don't see him being so aggressive or anything. I agree, and I think it's such a negative connotation that sometimes Jen's main philosophy with Always and Forever is transparency, of always showing the truth and how it is and how we handle things. And when we get comments after comments, when we post a dog with a muzzle on, it's repetitive on our end to always post why instead of maybe the listener a follower educating the many purposes of muzzling there's a dog in my building uh that i see wear a muzzle every morning and i just also stop getting in other people's business <laughs> like i'm not gonna go up to my neighbor and be like why does your dog have a muzzle on it i'm gonna respect his decision as the dog's owner that that is best for their situation I'm not going to question it. And I, I understand people wanting to get educated and have the questions on it, but we do it for a reason. And what our mission statement is and what our goal is is the safety of others and showing love and compassion to these animals. And if that involves their best experience in the world and interacting with other people and other dogs as a muzzle, we're going to do it because it's for the betterment of everyone involved in that situation. Amen, sister. Are we going to cut that out? Maybe. Oh, I don't know. No, I really love how you <laughs> put that. Good job, Sheila. Yeah. Anyway. No, you're good. And also, coming back to Michaela, 
we're not just throwing muzzles on the dogs. There's a whole thing of called muzzle training. So these dogs don't fight when we put the muzzle on. They're tr it's something a part of like when we go to grab it, they know that they're going for a walk. They get excited. They almost welcome it. The same as getting their leash and getting their leash and their collar on. Of I'm going for a walk. This is my equipment. Same as growing up riding horses. You put the bridle. You put the saddle. Like it's part of the equipment of what you're about to go do with your animal. Yeah. And so it's not harmful. It's part of their everyday routine, and they're used to it. And we train like they're trained to do it. If they weren't accepted to it we would work on it and find a different way. So, anyways, that's my rant. Good job. Thanks. Very well played. I'll transition, because you never answered my question. So, now that we know the background of Little Gray Barn and how unique it is compared to Little Red Barn and Oz, all of our dogs basically have to be walked one-on-one, -on -one, which is not a bad thing. The majority of homes are one-dog homes. You don't always need to have multiple dogs. How does that affect you as a manager and the things you do from day to day so i guess what makes it different is that and i think oz may be able to kind of relate to this a little bit um but i think one thing that we try and figure out the most is trying to get the dogs adopted or fostered because it may seem like a little bit tougher of a dog to maybe try and adopt or foster because they are a single dog home most of the time um, so it may kind of, you know, scare people a little bit or make them a little bit more nervous to take one of our dogs from the Little Gray Barn or maybe even Oz because sometimes they do have cases like that. And even the Little Red Barn, they have cases like that as well. Um, but I know at the Little Gray Barn, we primarily take in dogs that are dog reactive or animal reactive. Um, so just trying to find ways to show their personality uh, outside of that reactivity or that aggression um, to show people that these are amazing dogs and just because they need to be the only pet in the home doesn't mean that they don't deserve a home and that's one difficult thing that we always try and deal with is just trying to make those posts as positive as possible so that we can get those dogs to a loving home. And I know we say typically dogs from Little Gray Barn get adopted or fostered out a little bit slower than at the Little Red Barn. But honestly, if we sit here and think about it, within the last year, I started and there was 14 dogs, 16, 15 bar dogs at the barn. And I I just looked today and there's only four that are, still there. that are the same dogs from when we started over a year ago. Yeah. So they are, and we've talked about this on other episodes too, that they graduate to the little red barn um, and go up and then they get introduced to other friend groups slowly. And we realize that they're not dog reactive they're finally opening up and being comfortable in their situation in their environment because they're seeing the same people in and out uh, at the little gray barn and then we can start introducing them to other dogs like roma fyi just went into a foster who has been <laughs> one of our main ones there have been a lot of success nas. stories nas cadillac. baby cadillac there's been a lot there's a lot there's only four yeah. and i'm gonna say that grandpa which, but he's been in and out at a foster. Um, Edison, who we talked about. Tobin. Tobin and Buck. Which Buck blows my mind that he's been there for over a year. Because he is sweet, 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 sweet. And Tobin. So I think on a day-to-day, because -day, we're in it, or you're in it day-to-day, -day, you might not see how much of a change there actually is. But within a year, big picture, um, there's been a lot of turnover and success stories. 
you touched on it, the importance of showing their personality. What have you found works the best with that? And how do you do it day to day? Just showing them all the love that you possibly can because the more love you show them and the patience and just the willingness to just be with them really brings out their most positive attributes and just really shows their their good side. So just spending all that time and showing them love and being happy around them because they can feel your energy. So any kind of negativity that you put out so the more positivity we try and put out, they feel that. And so it brings out their their good side. And um, whenever we see that good side, we always try and take a good video or a good picture and post it so we can show everybody because that's, that's all we try and do is just be positive around them and be happy and be loving. And I want to touch on the part that at Little Gray Barn, it's not always just the dog reactive or dog selective dogs, but sometimes we get the ones coming back from surgery that need some rehab and the one-on-one attention that we're able to give to them at the Little Red Barn. Um, Because how the structure is set up, we're used to doing dogs one-on-one with the walks and everything else. We had a recent dog who's doing extremely well, and I I want you, because you're the one that basically led his whole rehab, um, talk about it a little bit and how you've helped, basically. Yeah, and I wouldn't say that it was all me, but uh, we all had a group effort in this, and we all did amazing work. Um, But Steele, yeah, he came base I want to say basically straight out of surgery I think he was at the vet for a little bit and then he came over to us but it definitely was some hard work on him and some hard work on us a lot of long he just recently had hip surgery yes sorry should have brought that up but yeah he had hip surgery his hip was completely way out of place it was really wonky and everything Um, so they went back in and readjusted it and put it back to where it needs to be and he came to the little gray barn and there was a extensive like eight week program to for physical therapy to you know heal that hip and make sure that it stayed where it needs to be so that it doesn't go back out of place and it was a lot of careful exercises that he needed to do and um, some long walks slow walks he couldn't walk he couldn't jump around he couldn't run around and that man loves to zoom I think every time we try and take him out, he just wants to get the zoomies. So it's real hard to just be like, hold on, you got to take it easy, buddy. Don't want you to get hurt again. Yeah. Every time I walk still, it's like he wants to go. I'm like, buddy, <laughs> one day at a time, you got to you gotta get your hip better. I can't wait till he is healed. That way he can zoom, zoom, and we can take videos and post it. Absolutely. And he is doing great. He's doing wonderful. I think since the day we got there, or since the day he got there, um, he's just been doing better and better every single day. And we've been working really hard to make sure that we get his exercises in as many, as much as we can uh, to the required amount, and maybe even a little bit more than that. But just, we've been taking a lot of care of him. And uh, I want to say he's not the first dog that we've had that we've needed to uh, get some Extra TLC. Yeah, extra, extra TLC, yeah. Extra TLC. I was sitting here thinking in the back of my head the amount of cones that we've had at Little Gray Barn, and I, I thought of... Um, Sharpie. Sharpie. Moody. Um, who else? There's been multiple cones. So basically, whenever they have a cone, I think they come to us because we can really hone in and give them that one-on-one um, attention that we're used to giving all the dogs in our care. Not that saying that the other barns don't do that, 
I think it's just our specialty, like assisted living. I don't know, instead of a nursing home. I don't know what I'm saying right now, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I think all the staff have noticed as well that we do kind of get those those dogs that have a cone on or have just recently went under some kind of surgery or something like that just because we do have to give that one-on-one -on -one time with all of our dogs and that's what they really need to heal the best is just to make sure that you know nothing bad happens after they go through that surgery or something like that and i think our environment how little red barn is set up differently than the little red bar or little gray barn is set up differently than the red, little red barn is we have like separated rooms within the kennels where the little red barn is just more wide open and i think could be a stressful more stressful environment for dogs coming out of a major surgery like that instead of having a little bit more privacy because we do have doors that we can separate the other dogs from the others so yes there is differences from the little red barn and the little gray barn jeff can you share with our listeners um, the future of little gray barn and your thoughts about the homestead yeah so as far as the future goes for the little gray barn the big picture is to, that eventually we'll all move over to the homestead and we'll have all of our animals in one area so that we can all they're all right there and I personally cannot wait for that because I know uh, for us at the Little Gray Barn, we are about 45 minutes away from the homestead and the Little Red Barn, and we're over an hour away from Oz. So any kind of deliveries that we may need for food or special meds or anything like that, they have to drive a significant dif distance just to get it to us, and that can be tough sometimes. Our vet drivers, I believe our vet drivers are mostly in the Kansas side and they have to make that drive from Kansas to Missouri side to take our dogs back and forth whether it's an appointment in Kansas or it's in Blue Springs which is a 15-20 minute ride but still it's the point of having to do these these rides and since I'm on the subject, huge shout out to our vet drivers because, you know, there, I know there's no question next when a dog needs to go to a vet when it's last minute. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Sarah and Judy and all the other volunteers that help out with that, um, you guys are awesome. We super appreciate you guys. And I know I always try and chip in as much as I can as well to go out and pick up stuff from the Little Red Barn and stuff like that. But whenever we all move over to the homestead, I think it's going to be great, and I think it's going to make things a lot easier for everybody, um, and it's going to make it a lot easier for the dogs as well, um, just because we'll all be right there, and if we need anything, it's pretty much all within walking distance. So, super exciting, and I really cannot wait. Jeff, you've been a fantastic guest this evening, uh, but you still have not answered what you have learned about yourself since working at the shelter. So... To answer that question, I would say that I definitely have grown a lot in myself and within my maturity. I've matured quite a bit since, especially being a manager, but even just working here. Because um, this is, a, I mean, I'm not going to lie, it's a massive responsibility. We're, we're dealing with living creatures here, and the more we slack off or the more we you know, don't pay attention to these animals, the worse it's going to get for them if they're already in a bad situation. We, we obviously try and make it the best that they can be, and it is the best that it can be for them. But if we fall back on that, then it just gets bad, and we don't want that. We want to 
basically give them a home for them until they go to their forever home. So definitely have built a lot of responsibility and maturity um, and then becoming a manager. I've never been in a manager role before, so this is a massive step up for me. And it's it's been a great experience and it's also been a really tough and tiring experience. But again, I wouldn't change anything about it. Jeff, can you share the most needs at Little Great Barn? Just any way our listeners could help if they if they're listening along and be like, how can I help out towards your mission and what you're doing at Little Great Barn? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say one of the biggest things is um, a lot of people like to take our dogs out on dates, and that means a lot to them. I can't tell you how much of a difference that makes for them. They come back super happy, and they well, they leave the barn for their date super happy, um, and they come back even happier. So, and they sleep so good. They sleep amazing. It's great. Um, but also, just like um, we have, uh, if you go on our website, we have our Amazon wish list, and there's a lot of things we could use on there, so feel free to take a look through that. Jeff, what advice would you give those that would want to come and volunteer at Little Gray Barn, um, or they don't consider Little Gray Barn because of hearing dog selective or dog reactive? Make sure you have your walking shoes. (laughs) Well, you know what, we have a few volunteers, and I want to give a shout out to them. Rebecca V, there's Liz, Jessica, who constantly comes by, whether they're there to take a doggy on a date. Tobin just went out on a date with Rebecca. I think they went to the lake. Um, Jessica comes through to help walk dogs or just spend her time at the Little Gray Barn with the dogs on the weekends. And huge shout out to them because our volunteers are a huge part of Always and Forever. And, and just that because we keep talking about walking at Little Gray Barn. If you want to come and volunteer, you don't necessarily have to do that. I know before we've had volunteers, when we take the dogs out and go walking, they stay back and do a deep clean of the kennel or get things sorted out or take a dog into the cuddle room. Um, We do have a specific cuddle room at Little Gray Barn. So even if you don't feel like walking, aren't capable of walking, doesn't mean that we don't have a place for you at the Little Gray Barn to come and love on our very lovable dogs. So keep in mind. Yes. Thank you, Sheila. I did say bring your walking shoes, but that is a very good point. And I don't want everybody to think that we're just going to send you out on walks all day. If you want to come and just, you know, take a dog to a yard or like Sheila said, we have the cuddle room. And I think we're the only location with the cuddle room. So um, it's a very nice little place and it has AC now. So um, it didn't before. So now it's nice and cool. And we have a TV in there that plays soft music. Or if you want to put on a movie and watch a movie with a dog, we have that. I was just going to say that you were the one that just sent us a photo. What movie did you watch? Um, Homeward Bound. Homeward Bound. Was it with Bucky? It was with Bucky. It was with a few of the dogs. Um, But I sent a picture to Sai and Sheila of Bucky watching Homeward Bound. And he was was getting so concerned for uh, one of the dogs. And it was really cute. But I know I specifically take that time when I come on the weekends when I'm able to put one headpiece in. And get through some of my audiobooks that I've been wanting to get through of taking the dogs out for the walk. I always go right, you always go left, and just getting in that routine. Once I'm out walking, I hit my audiobook going, get through a good, few good chapters with so many less distractions that I would have in my everyday life of just separating, doing some me time, but also giving back and 
getting some love from the dogs. So if you're looking to do that, you can find the volunteer form at alwaysandforever.org.love. Dot org. I was right the first time. And then you can do orientation at the Little Red Barn, or sometimes I know um, offhand cases, we will do it at the Little Gray Barn. Um, if it doesn't fit in your schedule, we are happy to have any volunteers out. For our listeners and our followers, the dogs at Little Gray Barn are all available for foster and adopt. You can read more about the Little Gray Barn dogs on our um, website. Not only that, we post them daily. Like, you can't miss them. So, And with that, if there is a dog that you're interested in on our adoptable Facebook page, you can search by the name. So I've done that before with Kingston, the one that I've recently adopted. Uh, I wanting to go back and see what other posts were made about him before I got him, just to get those photos and see what his personality was like. You can go in and just search, um, say, I want to search Grandpa, and every single post he's ever been tagged in will come up. And that'll give you, really give you a feel of his personality and what he's like day-to-day, and if you can see that with your life. And I want to add on that, yes, these dogs have some specific labels to them, but we are very transparent about the history that we know of training what needs to be done what they're reactive to or their triggers just like humans have triggers of hey they're a very good dog but you should probably avoid these situations and then you won't have the issues so it's really just being listeners communicating and having the ability to grow and understand what that dog needs and then it'll be fine i agree always and forever also provides training well, it's a very, like, if you haven't gone through the application to foster or adopt a dog, it's pretty in-depth, which is also why all of our fees are free, because you can't just call and say, I want this dog, and we're going to give it to you, especially the dogs at Little Gray Barn. We're not going to put a dog in a situation that we know they're not going to be successful in, either for them or the foster or adopter that are looking to take them. So you have to fill out the form. There are a lot of questions down to even how you discipline the dogs that you currently have or don't have or how you would handle certain situations. And then there's the walkthrough, and we've had an episode on this, but then the meet and greet. So if you do have dogs in your homes, if they're going to get along. And we've had a lot of people that put in for dogs at Little Gray Barn and then bring out their dogs. And it doesn't match, and that's okay. But we have it in a controlled situation. We have our trainer come out and have the profession professional i'm going to say michaela's professional right she is. yeah yeah totally <laughs> like, is. with our professionals um and make sure it's an okay situation before we let any of our dogs leave so another shout out to our foster and adoption team yes i think Lots they do an stuff. amazing job i want people to know who jeff is because jeff posts a lot so he's full-time like we mentioned quite a bit manager of little gray barn so if you see the dogs First off, the staff at Little Gray Barn is not that many people that I think people would think there are there. It's a solid core of six, right? Six full-time? Yeah. So we have six full-time. No, five full-time. We have two openers and two typical closers. Um, And then I'm also full-time, but I'm there probably just about every day. Um, And then we have four part-timers. So you are there a lot, so you're the one posting along with Taylor, Kaylee, Sydney, Justin, Justin, and then us part-timers, Cy and I and Alexis. And then who's the new one? Sydney. And Sydney. So I just want to say thank you 
for doing everything that you do and giving these dogs the publicity and storylines that they should have always been given in their lives but didn't have the opportunity and led them their life down a different path that was not a good one and now we're on a new journey and you get to be a huge part of that day in and day out because I know you don't have a dog of your own at home Um, so I know you treat each and every single one of them as if they're your own so thank you for that Jeff you know I do appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you so much. But I, I really got to put the main focus on my team because they, you know, I do as much as I can, but they put in just about as much hard work, if not more, than I do. So we all do great work, um, and I can't take all that for myself because it's really all them as well. Um, I do as much as I can, but they do even greater things. I do know where I wanted to go with that. Recently finding out one of your side hobbies and going back to who is Jeff as a person, I'm going to let you do a free pitch. So feel free to give our listeners if they want to come see Jeff, the manager from Little Gray Barn, and his hobbies outside of work. I was kind of hoping I could uh, do a little publicity here. Uh, So to talk about what Sheila's talking about here um outside of always and forever i'm doing a little uh production of evil dead the musical with Paget productions down in downtown kansas city at the warwick theater um we have shows june 2nd through the 25th every thursday friday and saturday with the 25th being a sunday um they're all at 8 p.m um and uh, feel free to look us up. Uh, just pagetproductions.com, I think, is where to look it up, or maybe pagetproductionskc.com. And feel free to come take a look. I am in the show. I won't be doing any singing or dancing or anything. I'm just a little side character, but funny enough, that's one of my dream roles. I always wanted to be a little side character that just stole the show, and I think I kind of do that a little bit. Um, so, yeah, feel free to come out and check it out. Jeff is just out here living his best life, finally working at a shelter, being the side gig in a show. Um, you told Sai and I warnings that if we come to the show, so I think you should probably put that on air as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for those of you who are interested and do want to come see the show, I must say this is a very funny show, and it's based off of the first three original movies of The Evil Dead by Sam Raimi, but... Um, It's a very funny show, but a lot of the jokes might be a little inappropriate or offensive to some people, so I just want to warn everybody that if you do come see the show, that it is all meant to be funny, and we are not intended to offend anybody. And also, um, if you haven't seen the movies, they're a fairly gory kind of movie, so be prepared to maybe get a little fake blood on you. Don't wear anything that you potentially wouldn't want to get a red stain on as a forewarning. Yeah, June 25th is our last show. Okay, so June 25th, that means we got to push this episode out ASAP so you can get people to come out. Absolutely, and get your tickets quick because we are selling out. This is a really popular show, and Nick Pageant, who's putting on the show, um, does a lot of popular shows. You may have heard his name around the area, um, but... Um, This is one of his most popular shows, and people love it, and we sell out quick, so make sure to get your tickets fast. Perfect. I think it's very important to see you as a whole person, not just the manager, 
of Little Gray Barn and anybody in your workplace. Get to know your staff and your get to know your coworkers and your bosses and who they are as people and support them in that roles because it, it does make a difference in the workplace of coming in and be able to talk about what you do in the outside world outside of your day-to-day job. Uh, Jeff, one last question for you that we usually ask all of our guests. Can you leave us with one quote or the first thing that comes to mind when you hear always and forever? We are not your average shelter. We are not your average rescue. Um, We do things just a little bit different. And in my opinion, we do things a little bit better. So Jeff, again, thank you for coming out and sharing to our listeners, our followers, all about the little gray board. And as always, it's never too late for a happily ever after.